0: Okay, we'll test All right, that's on. And we're recording Yeah. Hi, Hi Sam, nice to see you again. Hi Stephen. And uh, this is going to be about a 30 minute session. Uh, what I'd like to do actually is um, start with your um, background basically. Well, let's start with what you do now, your background, and then your aspirations for the future. You're one of the few people that are actually excited by the opportunities um, created by the pandemic so each of the chapters that I'm doing is related to a particular theme and your one (laughs) you'll be pleased to know is what to do in a crisis Uh, okay because I think you've been an expert on that so can we just start with uh, and then move on if you want or I can remind you uh, what you're doing now Uh, how you got there and what the opportunities are for the future. And finally, uh, what advice would you give for a budding entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm the owner and director of a a business called New Forest Activities. It's an outdoor activity provider uh, based, surprisingly, in the New Forest, which has been my home for most of my life. And um, we effectively adapt outdoor experiences. So canoeing, kayaking, ropes course... Um, we've we've got like a laser tag element to it as well and what we do is we take those activities and we adapt them to what the clients need and what they want so the clients could be mums looking for a a birthday party idea for their youngsters it could be a family looking to escape modern you know modern life and, and spend some time in some canoes out in the forest or it could be a business team looking to experience something a bit different, sort of team building, really, but um, maybe with a desire to kind of learn a bit about themselves as well as having some fun. Um, I set this business up, well, 2010, I guess it became a limited company, but actually my history of doing this goes a lot further back. So back in 2003, I started a business called Liquid Logistics. Um, I was and, and still am passionate about paddle sports. Um particularly whitewater kayaking is if I if the new forest was blessed with mountains and rivers, I would be out a lot more often than I am nowadays. But certainly when I was younger I used to travel the UK and and, and, and further afield to um, quench my passion for for whitewater rivers. And liquid logistics was kind of born off the, that passion because I wanted to get other people involved in the sport. The New Forest being my home had a had a resource that was being not used, which was the Bewley River. Uh, so we approached them and said, Hey. Can't take people white water kayaking just yet because they're not qualified. But we can take them out on a on a on a river, Um, and the degree course that I just completed. I've met a a great friend, Richard, um, and uh, myself and Rich set up this this paddle sport business, which evolved over time into New Forest activities because we started to work with youth projects, business teams, and actually there was a demand for. You do the water sports stuff, Sam, but can you do anything? on the land. So we had an archery range and then we did some problem solving team challenges. We used to rent other activity centres for some of the residential elements of our Princess Trust programmes. And it just seemed almost natural and organic to kind of grow the business and then effectively rebrand it once we became greater than a canoe and kayaking company. Um, Lick Logistics still exists as a brand. We take people sea kayaking. We take people from sort of beginner level up to intermediate. Um, really help them to, to get the skills to be self-sufficient so they can then join a club and, and, and do these things themselves. And then, I guess, pre-pandemic, so you know, going back to, I guess, March 2020, New Forest Activities was at a point where it was relatively self-sufficient. So I had an office manager, a senior instructor, a chapter in my marketing, and we had developed the systems and processes. So effectively, for me as a director, I was able to kind of coach and guide that team rather than having to be there to do. You know, is that kind of who, not how. I wasn't, I was basically outsourced uh, the primary roles of the business. Um, And that had allowed me to begin a new journey, which was to move into kind of helping other business owners, other entrepreneurs, um, and, and, and effectively become a coach, which is kind of, I think, I've been putting that off. You know I've always wanted to add greater value and I've, I've got scribblings from 10 years ago where I was looking at building a personal development course and building a, um, a mindfulness program or, and you know all these kind of things and I kind of thought, know oh, who's going to listen to me? very much an imposter syndrome. And it, it still persists a little bit as well I've still got issues around that. but um, so effectively I was all set to become a coach. I've branded a business, uh, trained for the future. and just as I was about to kind of launch that, uh, coronavirus hit and I found myself very much needed to go back to, to new forest activities to help that business effectively come through this because you know having to shut for a few months and losing a great amount of revenue um, is a challenge that needs to be addressed and I can't just leave that to my team really so um, as we move out of uh, lockdown now i I'm I'm I'm, I'm Got a bit of a balancing act between coaching and, and supporting and working with my team at New Forest Activities and looking to grow my coaching network and my influence and you know produce resources that are going to help others.
0: Okay um, so yeah, so
1: that, I guess that's who and what.
0: Yes yeah. <laughs> that's who and what and then um, as I said the main issue for this particular talk is how you dealt with the pandemic. I think it would be fair to say probably, and I'm putting words in your mouth here, that probably at first it was a bit of a shock, but then you actually grasped the nettle by the horns. And uh, and I've I, I, uh, been looking at your Facebook group, uh, maybe talk a little a bit about that, and um, just generally how you have seized the opportunity to develop new ideas because of this crisis. So it's really about... How do you deal with a crisis in business? I mean,
1: ultimately for me, this is it's about practising what you preach. Um, you know, I've, I've been obsessed with personal development um, since I was in my teens, you know, reading the Tony Robbins books when I was kind of 18, 19, and I did an NLP practitioner programme, again, right back at the start, and I was using ropes courses to talk executives through stressful situations. You know, they've got mm. these... Guys at the top of a trapeze pole or at the top of a, a, a telegraph pole forty foot in the air and here was me an 18 19 year old coaching them through that that process of, of, of being stressed and saying, and um, one of the really big lessons that I train my staff to put out now with, when they run the, the the youth projects we do with the princes trust is there's two types of things in this world there's things that you can change and there's things that you can't change all right and 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 when there's something that you can't change going on, it's very easy to get sucked in and, and be a victim almost and, and feel that it's not fair, why is this happening to me? And, and effectively get locked in a cycle where it's, um, it's not your fault and it's not fair. Um, and, and the coronavirus, I mean, none, none of us can change that, what was happening in the background. Like the environment is the environment. It's, you know, it's, it's unchangeable. But we can, what we can change is our attitude to it and the way that we act and the way that we behave and the mindset to it. Um, and it was like, Sam, you've got to practice what you preach now. You know, it's all right having all these kind of ideas and and, and mantras and how to live your best life kind of ideals when it's, you know, all plain sailing. Um, It's when it actually gets tough that it matters. Um, So I've very much been digging deep and, you know, both internally and projecting outwards, trying to show that, I do practice what I preach, and one of my first posts, quite soon after Coronavus, was, was about like how this is a team building event now. Um, yeah. You know what team building events are is we take a business team out of their comfort zone and we put them in a new environment. And that new environment, we then create challenges by getting to paddle a certain distance or solving a problem in the woodlands or, or whatever it is. And and the reason that we do that is to create stress and create anxiety, not so much anxiety, but effectively to create a dynamic where their true selves kind of come out, you know, how they, who's the natural leaders, who are the people that are going to question stuff, who are the ones that are going to sit back and and, and, and absorb, who are the kind of go-getters that get out there and maybe talk over others and don't let, you know, that caricature, you're, when there's a crisis, when there's a challenge, people's true selves come out and, and the outdoor activities, are actually about the reflection because what you'll get in a half day of team building might take months to come out in an office environment because it, it magnifies mm. who people are and how they react, how they respond. And it was for me, it was like this coronavirus is a global challenge. It's a team building challenge for all of us. We are going to see people's true colors now. We're going to see businesses true colors, you know, and it, and it, that's how it played out. You know, there were some, very high profile businesses that got a lot of flack because they were doing things wrong and they were saying, well, we're going to stay open regardless and we're going to do this and we're going to do that and there were businesses that um, did the right thing and, and 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 you know pivoted even and changed their products so they could they could continue to serve and so that that was the mindset that I went into this with and you know and I saw I'm, I'm attached to a few business networks and some Interesting kind of growth networks as well. So I've not done this alone. You know, I think that's really important to say. It's not about me having something that's different. It's I have attached myself and I ensure that the information that comes into me is positive. um that idea that you're the total of the five, the five people that you spend time with? So I very <laughs> make sure that I'm in networks of positivity. And I'm in networks of um, you know forward thinking. Um, and actually, one of those communities is the Abundance Community, um, and they're having a world of time right now because this is tech entrepreneurs um, and people that invest and operate businesses in healthcare, in AI, in, you know, web conferencing, softwares, and, 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 and actually the amount of money that's currently being pumped into R&D for medicine and healthcare, the amount of money that's being pumped into um, network infrastructure and uh, teleconferencing and remote working and, you know software as a service all that and there's there's you know there's a real kind of buzz in that community um so I've just surrounded myself with that and I thought well how can I apply this to, to to new forest activities how can I apply it to train for the future um and how can I be a vehicle to help push that out so I set up a a, a Facebook group to try and help other business owners um I tapped into my entrepreneur circle as a Um, an organisation that I kind of coach for and I've got access to all their resources and uh, the chap there, Nigel, that runs that produced a really useful resource for dealing with the pandemic that talked about show leadership, get in video, tell people what you're doing, be honest, um, you know, and, and, and how to get the right funding because, you know, we are very, very fortunate. You know, gratitude is a core thing and a core attitude that we all need to cultivate and we are, I am massively grateful that I live in a country where we have the resources to provide the funding that came to businesses. I mean, there's this furlough scheme. There was grant funding. I mean, I, you know, you know what's happening in other parts of the world where they haven't got that social support network is, you know, it's terrible. I mean, I read an article. Again, it's not all negativity. I try all positivity, <laughs> but you know, the, the street children of India, have, yeah, yeah. you know, have, are, are literally starving because they can't make the scraps that they make every day by looking after the people that are moving around because no one's moving around. Hmm. And it's like, you know, it, so how can I in the developed world be anything other than grateful and how can I do anything other than move forward with hmm. what I've got? Because I'm not, you know, I've still got a house, I've still got a family, I've still got food on my plate and yes, we've lost a ridiculous and a huge amount of income um, but my core needs have met and I can still serve others. So, you know, I want to look after my staff and I want to look after my family. And the, the government, you know, there's obviously both sides to the things they're doing well and things they aren't doing well. I mean, that's the yin and yang of how the universe works. But there is a lot of stuff that's really helped business owners. Um, what
0: about if you're, you've, been, um, you've been laid off of your work or fired? and for the first time you're thinking of starting a business, what advice would you give such a person? And also, you mentioned in your uh, own group the business uh, loan scheme. Would that be um, applicable if you're starting a business from scratch?
1: I think if you're starting from total scratch, the C-bills and the bounce-back loans aren't yeah. You have to have a registered business, you have to have some sort of trading record because yeah. they, they calculate it based on your previous year turnover. Sure. However, yeah. um there's the innovate uh funding pot and there are another well, I mean I've spoken to a chap recently who advises on this and he he gave me a you know three or four pages of A four of, of, of grant funding and POTS that I could apply for. Um, and some of those would be relevant for startups right. um, because If you're a business that is doing something to help with coronavirus and COVID-19, there is a lot of funding available. Okay. Um,
0: But uh, what if you are just um, somebody who was working, obviously, for a big company, they've been laid off and they don't know what to do, but they have the urge to go into business. mm -hmm. Um, The thing that I do dwell on is I don't think everybody is suited to start their own business. So I think that's a point. How would you know whether you're suited, what would you do um, to start, you know, what's your main uh, advice?
1: It's a very good point because there is, you know, the idea of being an entrepreneur has almost got fashionable. Um, You know, the idea that anybody can set up a dropshipping company or anybody can set up a a quick fire and and the problem is there's a lot of people selling that idea Hmm. and a lot of people buy it um, and they spend you know sometimes four figure sums of money on this course and that course that's going to propel them to to instant riches um but it's always in the small print you know we do not guarantee these results these results require hard work dedication sleepless nights mm. passion um and a real desire to serve and and you know and it's very easy for these gurus to to show examples of people that have made it because mm. people do make it um but it's It's not for everyone because it does require a a, a certain mindset, you know, and um, execution is the key. Um, Anybody can have ideas. Ideas don't make a man and ideas don't make a business. It's the execution, which is important. Um, And, you know, no matter how many courses you pay for and buy into, unless you're actually going to execute on those ideas, it's... um, it's not going to work. So, you know, entrepreneurism is viable. Um, I would say that anybody could do it. Um, but only a few will, because they've got to have that thing. You've got to be able to take the knockbacks. You've got to be prepared to fail, you know, fail fast, fail often. Um, that's the sort of, you know, I think, you know, anybody that's really successful will have failed. I mean, I'm, off the top of my head there's you know multiple Hollywood actors that knocked on hundreds of doors before they got the yes. Mm. Um you know anyone that's successful in business will have multiple failures behind them. Um, They're just prepared to to keep going and I think a lot of people just oh it's not work they they get hit or they get a negative comment on social media and then suddenly the world falls apart and they don't execute again. Um, And I, I you know there are entrepreneurism isn't for everyone. And um, my advice would be, I mean, I was very fortunate in the fact that when I started my journey, I had no commitments whatsoever, literally off the back of university. My mum and dad let me crash in a spare room at their back of their house for, you know, a year or so while I set the business up. Um, and I was, I, you know, I didn't have a day off for like two years, hmm. um, but I didn't see it as work. I saw it as play. Because I had some canoes and I was taking people out canoeing, it's like <laughs> that's not work, eh? So um, but we we just didn't take time off, we just did it constantly every day. Um, and that's a lot if you're you know you've left the job where you were doing a nice, comfortable nine to five and getting a decent wage, and it you know, are you gonna be prepared to to work that hard for not very much money to make it stick? Um, and I would always sort of suggest to people is. You can turn your passion into income, but it's not going to happen overnight. And you want to do it as a sideshow. You know, you want to do it alongside something that is paying the bills, something that is covering your what your family needs or covering your mortgage. Whether that's, you know, if you've left, let's say you're a graphic designer, you've just been laid off, right? Um, there are now multiple cloud systems and, and, and places you can put yourself on Upwork, on Elance and you could offer your services as a freelancer get yourself 20 hours a week, enough to pay the bills cover your survival, make sure you're sorted and then your new business your, what you know, the passion the, the, the bit you want to actually do you can do on the side mm-hmm. um, because then you will realise whether you want to do it or not because I think, you know, for me I, and the, uh, you, you, I'm sure you've come across the e-myth, but that idea that we—I am a paddle sport coach and I love paddling. I had to be very careful not to kill that paddle, not kill that passion, mm-hmm. by turning it into a job and having it work. Um, and it was quite close to doing that, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. Um, you know, when you've paddled and taken people out six hours a day, are you really then going to do it for yourself off the back of it? Um, and I think people often find that the illusion is, is is that, you know, they've got this passion. I'm going to turn it into a business and then suddenly their passion becomes work and mm. it's harder to be engaged now. And, you know, they might... I mean, my, my wife um, set up a, as a yoga instructor and that was, you know, I love yoga, I want to help other mums. And, you know, for her, she found that it became a little bit of a chore because I had to work hard to get people in and then I've got to pay the venue and... You know, we and we had that with whitewater kayaking. We started doing whitewater kayaking trips, and myself and Rich looked at each other and said, "Well, you know, we've dragged all these people up to Scotland. They've had a great time. We've had a good time, but we haven't made much money out of this. <laughs> we could have, yeah. we could have just gone ourselves <laughs> yeah. and, and and paddled harder rivers. And because what we make back on Beauty River with the beginners is, you know, to a, to a ten multiple of what we're going to make." dragging people around the country doing white water, so, um, you know, there is a word of caution there, when you're turning your passion into work, um, you know, do it for the right reasons, don't do it just because it seems like a good idea, because you might be better off just taking a a highly paid job Mm -hmm. to buy the free time that you need to live out your passion. Mm. Um, I hope that answers that. Yes, that answers it
0: very coherently, thank you. And my wife, being a yoga teacher, I can, well, she's Qigong now, but whatever i can relate to it so finally and thank you i think you've you've done very you've you've been very helpful finally and i'm just interested what's your aspirations for your future and for the future of your business
1: good question so um i am i've got you know three kind of real passions when it comes to learning and, and knowledge and growing and I want to build my business effectively on the framework of two of those passions. So um, one is uh, an interest in future technology. Um, I'm very much hooked into, like I said, the abundance community. And these are a group of people, and some of them are, you know, very successful, you know, business businessmen and women. Um, and their belief is that technology is growing at an exponential rate. So the acceleration, mm-hmm. so, you know, when I was a kid, we had, when I was a kid, we, barely, we didn't really even have computers, but we, we had this thing that was a big box, and you could do word processing on it. Mm. Now, you know, three decades from that, I've literally got a supercomputer in my pocket, yeah. um, and I'm connected to everybody, well, half the global population, soon to be mm-hmm. potentially the rest of them in the next five years, and, and the rate of change is growing at an exponential rate. So what's going to happen in the next 10 years is going to be equivalent to the last 50 um, and the, the books and the, the, the resources that I'm reading, it's there are multiple dot-com opportunities waiting for the person to find them now. You know, AI, VR, you know, if, if you look at Facebook and Google, they didn't exist 15 years ago, and now they're the biggest businesses on the face of the earth. There are opportunities like that there for people to, to pick up on. So um, I want to with train for the future. The idea is to show people and give them opportunities to tap into that mindset, first of all, um, of of being on the exponential, get a business that's that's set up to to scale at an exponential rate um, and to leverage it myself with my own ideas and with my own businesses. So um, I'm currently building a a, a VR, got a VR virtual reality project that is going to be a team building and training tool. Um, which I'm looking for some funding and, you know, we're currently going for some R&D on that. Um, I'm looking at how I can build technology into the processes that run new forest activities. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's physical activity, more spare time, learning from doing stuff is going to continue um, into the future, but there's going to be opportunities to apply exponential tech to that business. Um, And, you know, I'm really quite keen to support startups in that space as well. So my Mm -hmm. kind of training and coaching is very much aimed at people that are are, are future focused and thinking forward, Mm -hmm. Um, however, and this is the big caveat to this, my second passion um, is around effectively mindfulness, um, enlightenment um, and you know a study and an attempt to practice Zen and one of my favourite philosophers, a chap called Alan Watts that I'm sure you've uh, come across, Uh, would say there's no point making plans, sorry, there's no point making any plans for the future if you're unable to live in the present. Um, Because no matter how great the future is, and no matter how great an experience you create within yourself, it's it's transient, it just passes. Mm. Um, And if you aren't able to live now, and be happy now, and be grateful now, and content and kind in the present, then no future is going to help you, because you're always going to be looking for the next thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important. Although I've got that exponential growth mindset, it needs to be grounded now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because no matter how high the highs or how low the lows, they're just a moment in time and they they, they pass. So I am really passionate that people appreciate that and and they are grateful. Mm. Um, They are passionate. I mean, I've got these four core attitudes, really. Um, that I try and cultivate in myself, and help others to. And really, I wouldn't work with want to work with people that didn't. Um, the first one is gratitude, as we as we said, you know, gratitude is based on what has happened and what we have, not a future thing. And be grateful for the meal I had last night, the roof over my head, the fact that I'm healthy and able to speak to you now is, you know, just three things that I can be deeply grateful for. Um, passion for what you're doing is another attitude to cultivate. You know, it's really, really important that you are passionate about what you do. Um, you can have somebody that is a cleaner in a hospital, passionate about their role, because they do not see themselves as cleaner, they're someone that talks to and helps the patients. Mm-hmm. You know, that's someone in a role that society might deem menial, um, but actually it's very important because it's the talking and the conversation they have with the with the patients Absolutely. that are there. And you know, whatever you do, passion is, is, is key to that. Uh, the third attitude is responsibility. So act as if everything that happens to you, you are responsible for. Um, you know, what comes back at you, you are responsible for. Um, and it's an act as if. It's not saying that that's objectively true. I am just acting as if, and then I'm going to respond as though I create my own reality. I create the things that happen to me. I'm responsible for how people react, respond, how I react and respond um, and we go down a whole free will discussion. Don't <laughs> no, now. Time. <laughs> <laughs> not now. Um, but you know, I, but I act as if I'm responsible. Yes. Um, you know, regardless of whether what's driving the behaviours, um, and then so those are the three passions that are kind of inwardly cultivated, mm. and the final one is outward, and that's kindness. Mm. You know, in what I do, everything I do should come from a place and and, and a want to show kindness to the world. And, you know, and if someone comes at you aggressively and, you know, challenging or whatever, if you put kindness back at them, it's very hard for them to remain angry. Um, And, you know, just to be kind and appreciate that if you were in that person's shoes, right, if you'd had their entire backstory and their entire life experiences, would you have done anything different? Could you have done anything different? Yeah. Um, and I, I think the, often, the answer is like, well, no, you probably wouldn't. You know, if you'd had their parents and their background and their experience of life, possibly you would be doing what they're doing. So show some kindness. Um, and those four attitudes are I pay, I pay attention to them. so I use mindfulness to observe myself, um, and, and, and that's why mindfulness is the overall tool. It's like the all-seeing eye that observes your behaviors. So, if I catch myself in a state where I'm I'm angry or stressed or anxious, mm-hmm. if I could just observe and say, "Well, are you showing one of the four attitudes now, Sam? Are you taking responsibility for this mm. situation? Are you being passionate? Are you grateful for what you have? And are you showing kindness?" Um, it's the it's the practice of meditation. It's the practice of mindfulness that allows you to to catch yourself, um, which is why. The four attitudes are the the core, but the, the real secret source is that ability to observe your acting them out. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're all human, we all get angry, we all get emotional. Because that's what energy moving, isn't it? We are emotional creatures. Um, but mindfulness practice allows you to catch yourself and go, "How long am I going to choose to be angry for?" You know, isn't it interesting mm-hmm. that that person triggered that emotion, or that that situation triggered mm-hmm. that emotion? And you can through practice get that down from being angry for an hour to maybe 30 minutes and Mm -hmm. maybe if you get really good at it you can catch yourself in the moment and maybe you can just be angry for just a few moments and then let it go Mm -hmm. um and we're all practicing aren't we at that art um and that you know that's the that's the technique so i know i went a bit 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 off on one there but that's um that's how i like to kind of That's
0: that's lovely. And actually, I think it's a great place to end because I think um, you've given some fantastic guidelines for people that are interested not only in business, but also in managing their own lives. Thank you. So I'm going to turn off the uh, recording now.